0: And I'll tell you guys since we're we're all friends. Every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Leigh Bardugo, and you're listening to The Grisha Cast.
1: Welcome to Grisha Cast, episode 56. In this episode, we are covering chapters 5 and 6 from the book King of Scars. This is your host, Eric.
0: And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse.
1: A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi Savienyi Casters. Hello, hello. So, we are here. And <laughs> uh, um, for those of you guys watching on YouTube, just letting you know real quickly um, Terry looks great, doesn't she? I- all right. <laughs> I think so.
0: Never looked better.
1: Yeah. So um, we have some listener cities, don't we?
0: We sure do. Mm-hmm. We have Makati, Philippines.
1: Ah, that's wonderful. And then Eberbach, Germany. Thank you, guys. So far away. I know. It really is. So for those of you asking how you can help, we would greatly appreciate tips. A dollar goes a long way. Your tips will help us to continue to bring you the Grisha Cast. You can Venmo a tip to at B O D H I M M
0: or cash app Dollasan B O D H I M M. Also, leaving a review on your podcast platform, liking and following us on our socials, especially our YouTube channel. Would make us oh so very happy.
1: Happy. So, <laughs> so uh, we're going to start off and I'm going to ask, how is your week, girl?
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I don't even know. It went by so fast mm-hmm. um, with all the news that we'll talk about later. Oh, and yeah. um. You know everything that was like going on. It was just like it just seemed like it went by so fast with your know, work and school and business. Um, it was just crazy. It,
1: it sure did. I'm just pouring your tea, girl. So oh,
0: thank you. I could use a spot of tea.
1: Yes, just a small little spot. I'm um, gonna get, get, get you covered up. So um, for those of you that aren't watching on YouTube. Um Terry is not live in our studio with me this evening. But no. we still are doing this and she is safe at home. What are you doing?
0: What am I doing? I'm sitting in bed with my kitties in my lap. Okay. <laughs> and my dog having little um puppy dreams.
1: Aw. <laughs> That's well. what I'm
0: doing right now. Now, okay oh thank you
1: yes I just want to make sure you got set up and I gave you um two um little things of monk fruit hope that's enough sweetener for you
0: oh yes absolutely
1: by the way your hair is phenomenal um
0: I know it is so good
1: yes it's very um hocus pocus um, I like
0: I need that color in real life like on my head
1: Like that would look
0: so good.
1: Yeah, I just love that wig, and I haven't been able to use it. That was actually my Halloween costume. I was gonna go at work. We all were gonna dress up, and us at the counter, we're gonna be the Hocus Pocus sisters. And I got my outfit, and then something happened. I got COVID, so. And I spent so much money on that, like, costume girl. I mean, anyways. So, I'm glad you can use it.
0: <laughs> well, yes. Um, maybe you should just, like, go to the grocery store in the full get-up just, <laughs> just for fun.
1: <laughs> Whew. It is a get-up, too. I mean, it was spot on. And um, also, for those of you guys listening, I um, have put a lovely picture of Terry up um so that is her face it's a picture of me and her (laughs) so um yeah in case you're wondering what's going on you got to go to YouTube and look at it so um (laughs) anyways um
0: I've never looked better
1: you haven't so yeah it has been a crazy week we had so much news and I'm really glad that it's Friday I'm glad I was just waiting for the weekend and here it is
0: Just kind of snuck up on you.
1: Yeah. Well, it was a long week. But, um, so why don't we just go ahead and get started?
0: Yeah, because we'll have a lot to talk about when we're done with this.
1: Yes, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am.
0: All right. So chapter five, we are with Miss Nina and they are at Gafala. Um, I have the quote from the beginning of the chapter. You're welcome, Eric. Gafala, the closer they drew to the town, the harder it was to ignore the rustling whispers in her head. Sometimes Nina could swear she heard voices, the dim shapes of words just beyond understanding. Other times the sound dwindled to the rush of wind through reeds. Tell them, my love. But what was there to tell? The sound might be Nothing. It might be auditory hallucination, some remnant of her bat with perem, or it might be the dead drawing her on, end quote. So (laughs) they got to, like, as they're going to the town, these, like, whispers are just, like, getting louder and louder. So something is, like, kind of drawing her in but like, what it is exactly. No idea.
1: No clue yet. Mm -mm.
0: No clue yet. Um, and, again, you know, when she, when she says some remnant of her bout with Perem, we still have to remember that who knows what's going on with her.
1: Yeah, she is the one character, I think, that has, like, out of everybody in the story so far, that's changed the most from the other books and stories because she literally has, like, she's very different. Um, yes. It's, it's not that lovable Nina that we had when we first met her in Six of Crows and then like loving Matthias through Cro- Crooked Kingdom. She's um mournful and sad and she's got some crazy powers that we don't even know how to like explain.
0: Yeah, she's gone through some things.
1: Mhm. And as I said so... last week, she's sorry, she's also <laughs> toting around poor Matth- like Matthias's body so she's holding on to a little bit of weight. Maybe she- yes. Let go, girl. Let go. Yes,
0: yeah, so like physically and emotionally, she's got all this <laughs> dead weight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the old factory is actually hopping with soldiers coming in and out, but it's unclear as to like what's really going on there. A local says something about soldiers pouring their filth into the river, but some other woman is like, "Uh-uh, you don't need to be telling that to strangers." No, no. <laughs> so there's no proper inns at the area so they have to stay at a convent which is funny
1: yeah he's... um
0: on the way there nina notices that there are still like signs of saints like altars and icons along the way which is really out of place at that point
1: yeah absolutely because it's fair <laughs> um,
0: nina Adric, and leone get to the convent which they agree to take them in And while they are talking about meals, the well mother says something about water rationing. And Nina is like, what the heck does that mean? And the well mother says that they get their water from another well that's like farther away. She says it's to contemplate on gel. But Nina suspects that it's to avoid the dirty water.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a horrible excuse that the well mother gave. Yeah, we're going to yeah. go get water from a farther place because it gives you time to contemplate. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a, that's, no, it doesn't make any sense. No. So the three of them go on a walk and Adric and Leone are being all cutesy, which makes Nina stabby. She's like, I don't want to watch y'all fall in love and get all silly while I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with. They are right. in Sightlines of the Factory, and the voices in Nina's head just get so loud. And she kind of notices that it used to be a fort. Leone suggests taking some samples from the water, and she'll try to isolate whatever pollutant is in it. As she's thinking about finding a place to return Matthias to his god, they hear soldiers next to the stream. Uh-oh.
1: Wonderful. <laughs>
0: Um, One was caught in his horse's stirrup, barely avoiding, like, being trampled on. And Nina makes a comment like, okay, oh, well, one less feared in to plague us. Yeah. And the other two do not approve of this statement. And she kind of is like, well, I don't really approve of that either. And I have a quote here that goes along with that. Okay. But since Matthias had left her, been taken from her, Nina had lost the part of her that cared. What was the point of it all? You saved one life to for only another one to be taken. The good perished. And the bad? Nina looked at the young Fjordans in their uniforms, killers in the making. What right did they have to survive when her Matthias, her beautiful barbarian, was gone? Nina. She wished she could clasp her hands over her ears and tell him to leave her alone. But that was the last thing she wanted. Must you insist I stay human? She complained silently. I know how strong you are, Nina. My death will not be the thing that defeats you. End quote. So we've all kind of like gone through something like that in our life. Where like, we're like, screw it all. It doesn't matter. I don't care. (laughs) So we all can kind of feel for her. Um, But she's also having a conversation with Matthias still. Like, she's still talking to him in her head.
1: So, what do you think, like, I mean, so, like, I mean, since we started the story, we've started to, like, I mean, ever since Nina came into the picture and the first chapter of her, they introduced, like, like, I mean, her hearing Matthias speak. I mean, I wonder whether maybe she actually can. Maybe that is Matthias actually speaking to her or... Maybe because I mean she's hearing all these other voices, or maybe she's yes. just hearing voices.
0: Yes, I I assume again, me being the one that does not has not read on and that I'm I'm sticking with our with, with our reading. Um uh, my guess is that she can actually hear him because she's hearing voices from the town. So like why wouldn't she hear Matthias, who she was really close to, um, and because she's got her weird like power. So that's my guess is that she actually is yeah. having a conversation with him.
1: Yes. Um Because, yeah, it definitely has to do with the Par thing. It's part of her new power. Um Yeah. So, but that's kind of actually like, I know it sucks that Matthias died, but it's also kind of like, I mean, she like, I mean, and now she has the power to at least be able to have him, like, butt in every once in a while. And, you know, he might not physically be there, but he's still talking to her and saying, like, you know, encouraging things. So, sounds like she um, needs the company. Um,
0: Yeah, but, like, what if she needs to go and have, like... Closure? (laughs) What if she needs to go to the club and, like, find some way to, like, forget about him, like, physically? Is he still, like, there, like hey Nina what are you doing with that guy?
1: <laughs> I guess we'll find out uh first she's gotta get rid of like the baggage of his actual yes. body and then maybe we'll see but I don't know i I think <laughs> since she's still carrying around this um like I don't know I just i I literally every time imagine her like toting this huge Fjordin of a man um. Kind of like a pocketbook. <laughs> like, like this yeah. big purse. And yeah. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Yeah.
0: So, Leone says that she can help with the horses. So, which actually was kind of funny because she's always, she's like the sunshiny one. And she's like, I can help. And they're like, I hope it's not that once I pet a pony. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why was so funny. So, anyway, she helps. She wants to help with the horses. And that's when Nina realizes that the soldiers are actually women. Dun, dun dun Women are not allowed to be soldiers in Fjorda, and the uniforms are way too big, so it's obvious that they stole them.
1: Yeah. Leone
0: saves the girl and calms the horse down, and instead of being grateful, the lead girl is, like, really defensive, and she's, like, asking questions without answering any of Nina's. It turns out that they are um, studying at the convent and, of course, they are terrified of being caught. Well, doesn't that work out since the three of them don't want to attract attention either? Perfect. (laughs) So um, let's talk about Nina's restraint here. Like she acts like a true feared you know, like when she was studying to be a soldier at first, everybody was like, She's not subtle, she's not a good soldier, she just causes accidents everywhere she goes, she just reacts. Right. But in this moment, she like pretends kind of like she's Matthias and she starts acting like a true Fjordan. She's like, Well, you don't you're not supposed to ride like that. You know, why are you acting like that? And she's turning to like Adric as the male of the group too to get his approval or whatever so like she's really playing the part here she does not break her character so like we should be really proud of her right now
1: absolutely and yeah she's she's doing good she's she's playing her role
0: yes she is getting it um so nina keeps telling the girl that she needs to um say like she's Nina's telling the girl that, that Nina's going to have to, like, say something to the well mother. Like, I'm going to have to say something. It's just, like, how we, how we need to do this. And Adric is like, um, you know, let's just not speak of this day, which is relieving to everyone involved. And that obviously works out for everyone. Mm-hmm. So when the girls leave, they get samples of water. But Nina goes alone back to the factory. She follows these whispers and voices back there. She, they lead her to like another side of it that looks all run down. Um, it doesn't look like there's anything to see there. It just looks like it's in ruin. Um, but the whispers at this point get really, really loud. And she realizes that it sounds like they're in pain. So she quiets her brain and like kind of uses her power to follow them. Um, she asks them, like, what's wrong? And she gets dragged into this, like, tide of death that is just, like, dragging her in. And she struggles to, like, come back to the living world and realizes that all the voices were women and girls in the hundreds. So, like, hundreds of women and girls. They are all dead. And she realizes that she's surrounded by graves. In wow. a chapter,
1: and see, like, so she her power literally has changed. I mean, she is like, I mean, now she's the Grisha of death, right? I mean, because yeah. I mean, she like she she can get corpses to like move around. She now hears people that have passed away and hears their voice. Um, so like her like the param par- like did such an interesting thing to her um and that just always keeps me thinking like i want to like i don't know i just want to know more about that like i mean because i mean she is the first risha to survive it and it's just such an interesting thing that like surviving that completely like changed her to a totally different person and a totally different power
0: yeah it's and- it's it's going to be fun to watch it grow.
1: Yes, and and just a nod back to the very beginning. I loved it when she um, killed people with like bone shards.
0: Bone shards, like, yeah, like that was some cool stuff. Like pieces of people.
1: <laughs> yes, and it's so crazy. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know I um I changed your face. We now have a picture of um, you and me dressed up for Halloween, and we're at this. Um, it was a party, and the theme was a Stranger's Things theme. So, anyways, it was fun. So we like we took this cute picture, and you know what? I will actually take. I'll put these pictures on our social media. Because even the people on YouTube can't see because unfortunately it's just, well, I mean, but I'm scared I'm going to mess her up. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't want people to notice she's a paper. Oh. Okay, so there we go. Perfect. Well, we're going to put you back down, girl. Here, gonna... <laughs> Thank you. Yes. See, I mean, I was nervous about doing that. But. You know, you're here in spirit, girl. You are. Of course. Yeah. So, okay. Well, going on to the next chapter, we have chapter six, and this one is Nikolai. So, um, I'm starting off with the reading from the very beginning. Nikolai and Tolia brought David and Nadia back to the capital by way of the underground tunnel that stretched from the... Gilded bog all the way to the grounds of the Grand Palace. Fifteen miles of travel far beneath the surface of the earth. Poor Tolya muttered to himself the entire way in verse. Nikolai would have liked to spare Tolya and his own ears the trauma of the journey, but his head of security had insisted he was fine. Besides, Nikolai had received word that the crowd of, crowd of pilgrims camped outside the city walls had grown in recent days and that some were demanding an audience with the king. All he needed was an overzealous zealot to hurl himself beneath the hooves of one of the royal riders. Nikolai did not intend to make any martyrs today, end quote. So, um... I like that.
0: Overzealous one. zealot.
1: Yes. And also, did you notice they're traveling in an underground tunnel that's like 15 miles below? Do you think possibly our best friend Isamroot is around there?
0: Oh, my gosh. He better be.
1: I know. Is he like, are you still out there? He's got to be. He, yes, he is. He is. I mean obviously because i mean that's that underground tunnel 15 miles below yeah he's still searching mm-hmm. and he's just poor thing but another thing that i think is really crazy about the beginning is just the mention that there's these pilgrims outside of Alta and they're like they want to speak to the king like it's just a random a lot of weird stuff is going on in ravka right now so and we're going to get more into that because of this chapter actually so well, that's
0: what kind of happened with, with Alina, too. Remember when Alina was there, um, all I, the people, all the little pilgrims, whatever, were outside gathered up. So it kind of reminds me of that.
1: Yeah, but that was, like, really, like, crazy. They were, like, in—because they were in love with her so much that they were tearing her apart. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they um sneak back into Azalta and— they are greeted by two of Nikolai's most trusted palace guards. They happen to be brothers. Um, the first one's name is Truckin. And Truckin likes to laugh and is a lot of fun. And then his brother, Isaac, is very quiet and the total polar opposite. But um, they're in good favors with Nikolai. Nikolai asks um, them, like, so... How was everything while well, I was away? Because remember, they were in, they were at that meeting in a where, like, you know, we had some issues. So here's a quote and the answer. Trucken says, Not much to report here, though an Infernai did set fire to the woods behind the lake. Sounds like Kue. Nikolai, admired the shoe boy's gift for mayhem. Especially because the young Infernai was Zoya's problem to manage. End quote. I just wanted to put that in there because it Kue, like I mean, he's there and he's still in Azalta. and of course like, I don't know, I just think that's cool. So we know that he's there and yeah, Rafka's hosting KuA still. So going on, Nikolai is I guess trying to um broaden out his languages. So he is um, currently trying—I guess he's being tutored by one of these brothers. Um, he's trying to learn Zemini from Isaac. So, like, he, he's speaking to him and then, like, says, like, a couple words in Zemini. And then Isaac bows slightly. Your accent is coming along nicely, your majesty. That was Isaac, by the way. Don't coddle me, Isaac. The guard cleared his throat. Well, the Zemini word for day is con, not cav, unless you meant to ask how my donkey is going. I wish your donkey well, but you should always feel free to correct me when I make mistakes, end quote. So, I'm sorry, I didn't deliver that as well as I thought, but I just thought that was so funny, (laughs) because I forget how much I like Nikolai's humor, and, like, Oh, my God. I just think that's hilarious that he responds and, like, he wishes the donkey well. Cute.
0: I think we have a new term or, like, a new little phrase for us now, too. Mm. Cat. What is it? Cav-Anony?
1: Yeah. I. Yeah.
0: Cav-Anony? How's your donkey?
1: <laughs> I wish your donkey <laughs> well. <laughs> How's your donkey? Uh so, um... Carrying on, Nikolai. So, like, they're they're ba- they're getting back and getting back in. And Nikolai's first stop actually is the little palace, which we haven't heard about in a while. But if you remember back in the very beginning, the Shadow and Bone trilogy, that was the school for Grisha. Um, there are so when they get there, there are Grisha just running around everywhere, and it's a you you notice the difference in the colors. And because of the keftas that all the Grisha are wearing. So it's, it's kind of neat. But here's, here's a quote talking about Tolia and Tamar. Quote, Uniforms Tolya and Tamar had resolutely refused to wear, opting for the olive drab of First Army soldiers instead. The twins kept their arms bare, their deep bronze skin tattooed with markings of the sunset. End quote. So, because they're Grisha too, but they don't want to wear those keftas and they um they're from the shadow and bone trilogy too so I, I like that there's that nod to the Sun saint still so they um they keep travel they get they're going into the little palace and they meet up with none other than Zoya and Jenya, who are waiting in the war room and there is mention of a Grisha triumvirate so Real quickly, refresh your course, um, who and what is the Grisha Triumvirate, and I'm also going to give a little trip down memory lane of the Grisha history up to now, because we're just going to need it, okay? So, in the very beginning of our story back in Shadow and Bone, the Darkling was the head of the Grisha, also known as the Second Army. Now it is ruled by a Grisha from all three orders currently having the reigning members Zoya, Jenya, and David, who were appointed by Alina Starkov, the Sun Summoner, after her martyrdom at the end of the Robkin Civil War. Currently, there is no information regarding how the Triumvirate are to be selected in the future or how long they will serve these positions. Also, it's not known to anyone like what their power is in the Robkin government the only thing that people seem to know is that they work very closely with the King of Ravka. So it's very, they like, so the, the triumvirate is the, what the darkling used to be, except I like the fact that they like, it's three people and one from each order because it's polar opposite of how the darkling ruled over the Grisha. Um, a lot has changed with this like peaceful transfer of power from when the Darkling like was running these things. There is um there's no longer this divide that the orders and the idea has dissolved of a difference in status and hierarchy hierarchy based on the different powers each order held. Because I felt like the Darkling kind of made the the Grisha feel that like there was there was a hierarchy that they weren't all equal, that the corporal Kai were the most important. And, you know, like it, I don't know. It was just kind of interesting. And then of course the darkling himself, nobody was like him. He was just untouchable. So I, I think it's just a neat nod to see how different it is to have actually just like the Grisha triumvirate um, running the, the Grisha army. So I'm done with that. Just a little, you know. Little tidbit. Just a tidbit because we have to remember some of that stuff. So the Grisha Triumvirate usually met Nikolai in the Grand Palace for their meetings. But when Nikolai needed secrecy and to make sure no one overheard the conversations, he held them in what used to be the Darkling's chambers. Here's the quote referring to the Darkling. He was a man who had excelled at keeping secrets. The war room had no windows and only a single entrance that couldn't be accessed without breaching the little palace itself. The walls were lined with maps of Ravka made in the old style. They would have enchanted Nikolai as a child had he ever been allowed anywhere near the palace. End quote. So we've got like I mean I think it's just these neat little nods that they're to the darkling, just in like how he was so secretive and they've obviously Nikolai's got something to say um so we're gonna find out what this is so like I mean they're having a secret little meeting um Nikolai updates um the triumvirate and on how David and Nadia have been creating I guess the weapons for the the submarines, the Ismarnia. Because um, they're still working on that. And here is where it gets a little tricky with this. Okay, so Zoya tells them that Hiram Shank and the Kirch Merchant Council know about their design for the underwater fleet. So that I, I guess that was supposed to be a secret Um Hiram Shank and the merchants of the Kerch Council claimed they wanted the Ismarnia as a defensive measure against their Shoe neighbors and the possibility of Fjordan blockades. But Nikolai knew better. They all did. The Kerch already had a target in mind. Zemini ships. End quote. Okay, so this is where... Okay, like, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. And, um, I had to like actually read over this twice because it's just we have to know what's going on in the verse like with everybody and it kind of starts to tell you but it got me confused for a minute so so let's not forget that one Ravka is broke where we left off like from Crooked Kingdom because they um they had all the Civil War made them completely broke they had to um they haven't been able to replenish their like their forces um and they have had to get loans from kirch to stay afloat now kirch has been the main country of trade and of the seas and ports so now we're going to find out why they why kirch needed to like try to hurt the zemini ships Novia Zem, who we haven't really heard much about, like, I mean, just a little bit, has been sitting quietly becoming a strong nation all on its own. And if you've looked at the map, it is the nation on the very far left, farthest away from everybody else. Um, So, one, they don't have countries surrounding them to create wars, and they also have fields and mines and have built ports and ships of their own. So, Kirch now has competition, and that's what all this is about. Ra- and here comes the problem. Ravka needs some help, but is doing it quietly so no one really knows how desperate the situation is. Also, don't forget, Perem is not fully out of the picture. Ravka is getting intel that their neighboring countries, Fjorda and Shuhan, are close to having a usable strain of Perem for themselves. So of course that's not good for Ravka because that means more dead Grisha, more dead Ravkans. Luckily, Ravka has Kue working for them, and he's trying to create an antidote to the parem. One small problem: on this shopping list of ingredients to create this like antidote, the recipe asks for a ton of the jurda plants. And jurda is a fickle plant that only grows in a specific environment. And where is that? Only in one place in all of the Grishaverse, Novyazem. It's the only place you can get it. So, Ravka needs the jurda to save their Grisha, and then the Kerch wants the blueprints to Ravka's submarines so they can go and blow up all of Novyazem's ships and take back over the sea, so they can be head of trade. Unfortunately, this kind of is just this weird choice that Ravka feels like it has to make because it needs something from both of these countries, but both those countries can't know that they're going to be working together. Also, don't forget, Fjord and Shuhan are getting closer to developing this strain, and Nikolai has promised Ravka that there's no more war. So with, like, both countries next to Ravka, like, wanting to kind of fight, Nikolai's stressed out. I mean, he needs something, he needs this antidote, um, and he also doesn't have any money and needs to pay back Kirch. So it's a ton of drama to throw in the fact that Nikolai also has this crazy monster thing that he's, like, you know, he's his new best friend, the Dr. Jekyll Nikolai Hyde monster thing i don't know (laughs) is that he's gonna definitely need some therapy um because this just seems like a lot um did that make any sense to you terry
0: yes it did (laughs) are you sure you've kind of cleared it up for me
1: okay because i felt like i then like reading it i was like oh my god i i feel like i'm confusing everybody again like i get it but like okay i'm just I'm glad. If you didn't get it, um, you can rewind and see if it makes sense again, or ask someone else. Um, um, But, um, so anyways, Nikolai then shares with, in his meeting, um, that he still has some more bad news, besides all that other stuff that that he just delivered. um, That when he was on this trip in Yvette, he tells them that um, his monster took over him again and seems to be getting stronger. So uh, Genya seems to shudder at this a little bit, and it's because we have to remember Genya was also attacked by the Darkling and tortured by the Darkling, and it actually was the same creatures that did the like tortured Genya and Nikolai those crazy Nietzsche Voya. So here's a quote. The Darkling had known that Genya valued beauty as her shield, so he had taken it from her. He had known that Nikolai relied on his mind, his talent for thinking his way out of any situation, so he let the demon steal Nikolai's ability to speak and think rationally. The Darkling could have killed either of them, but he had wanted to punish them instead. End quote. Um... That's just horrible. (laughs) Um, David, so they start to... David explains that they are... Unfortunately, this monster, they are dealing with something very different than Grisha magic. So it's not like they can be like, Hey, David, like, we've got to make this... What is this? David doesn't know. He knows about Grisha magic. This is not that. This is a whole other kind of, like, strain of something, which... If we remember, um, it's like, it's just this, it has a name. So let me um, read on this quote. And Grisha power cannot create life or animate matter, only manipulate it. Every time those limits are breached, there are repercussions. The shadow fold, said Nikolai, the swath of darkness crawling with monsters had split Ravka in two until Alina Starkov had destroyed it during the Civil War. But the wound remained, a wasteland of dead sand where nothing green took hold, as if the Darkling's power had leached the very life from the land. Merzost had created the fold, the creatures inside it, as well as the Darkling's shadow soldiers, and it was the same power that the Darkling had used to infect Nikolai." End quote. So... Nikolai I mean it's just Nikolai's infected with this crazy monster thing and it is not normal and it's getting stronger. So they they've they've tried countless times to heal him, but nothing has worked. Uh it's the reason Nikolai went to a vet's actually, um, because he's trying to figure out what's going on himself. He went to a vet's to see the bone bridge, because apparently he's made the connection that this monster and the miracles happening around Ravka both started around the same time. Nikolai comes up with a plan to, like, so Nikolai's trying to, like, we've got all this crazy stuff in Ravka. Remember, like, they need to cure Nikolai. They also need to make sure that Parem does not get created and kill more Grisha. They can't, they hope that the two countries around them don't start a war and bury Ravka in the dust. And then there's these random miracles happening everywhere. So, they've got to do something because Ravka needs to, like, do something. They got to fix. So, Of course, Nikolai has to come up with an idea. So, Nikolai comes up with the plan to throw a party and invite all his enemies and allies to the palace so that they can spy on all of them in hopes of discovering something from them, like a cure or what's going on around the Grishaverse. And, um... Which is kind of crazy to throw a party and invite all your enemies and everybody. Um... So, and also, they, um, they've they got to have a reason. So, they come up with a reason that Nikolai's not too happy with, um, which is for Nikolai's very own very own version of The Bachelor. He needs to find himself a wife. So, um, they're going to plan a party. Everybody in the Grishaverse is going to come, and they're all going to bring their beautiful ladies to hopefully entice nikolai and be able to forge allies and like that's yeah so here's a quote nikolai said to tolya anticipate that every servant every guard every lady in waiting will be potential spy or assassin speaking of which said tamar dunyasha is dead the Lantsov pretender who got her no, not one of ours. All I know is they found her splattered on the cobblestones outside the Church of Barter after the auction. Troubling. Had she been in Ketterdan to hunt him? She wasn't the only pretender to the Lantsov throne. Every few months it seemed a new person cropped up to declare that they were a lost Lantsov heir. Someone who insisted they'd escape the Darkling slaughter of the royal family. Or who claimed to be a... By blow of Nikolai's father, which, given the old king's behavior, was entirely plausible. Of course, Nikolai might very well have less right to the Ravkin throne than half of them. He was the greatest pretender of them all, end quote. And what that is in reference to is when, like, I'm way back in the trilogy. Um, Well, you know what? No, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I'm going to read this. Um, So, we're going to continue on. So... That evening, Zoya puts together a list of, I guess, like, princesses, and she's just reading off these names, and every time she reads a name, Nikolai says no, and, I mean, this just goes on for pages. Um, and <laughs> Zoya starts to get a little irritated. Nikolai reminds Zoya that this matchmaking game is actually a cover-up It's a cover up for the Kirch and Zemini, so that like they can like Kirch, they're going to secretly like show them like the submarines, um, like they would love, but they're going to like have it also kind of explode, so that the Zemini, so I'm sorry, so that the Kirch don't think that they totally have the submarine blueprints ready. Now the Zemini. Their meeting with them, they're going to just kind of be like, hey, we're allies still, so can we get some of that Jerta? Zoya has seen this as an actual opportunity to kill two birds with one stone and to secure the Ravkin throne as well. Further down this list of bachelorettes, Zoya offers up this one name, Linnea Opger, and Nikolai responds with a no. Zoya has had enough. This is a girl who is 23, beautiful, even tempered and has a strong gift for mathematics. Nikolai surprises Zoya by saying he would expect nothing less of his half sister. So, that's what I was trying to get back to. Rumors concerning Nikolai and him being the rightful heir to the Ravkin throne had been told since before he was even born, and we even knew about it when he told told Alina back in the trilogy. Um, So, he actually reaches for his desk and pulls out this picture and hands it to Zoya. And she, he says that this was handed to him by his mother when he was really young, right before she like was dragged off and was like, this is your actual biological father. And he is a Fjordan shipping magnet who had once served as emissary to the Grand Palace. And that's all he knew. So Zoya takes the picture and throws it in the fire. Nikolai gets upset because obviously that's the only picture of his real dad. But Zoya, like, she's, like, I mean, I just get it. She's, she's infuriated because she's like, how can you have this even around? This is proof that you should not be on the throne. Um... And they kind of start squabbling, and Zoya just, like, shuts them up by, like, saying, like, look, I made an oath to protect you, and I'm not going to break that. You are the king of Ravka, and you're going to stay that? So, yeah, no evidence. And that brings us to our scene, which also will be ending out our chapters and reading sections. So, um... This scene um, is just continuing on their conversation. I'm going to be playing Zoya. And Terry will be playing Nikolai. And also a very special thank you for the background music. Created by Kendra Dantes and produced by Year 26. So girl, I just talked a lot. Didn't even hear your voice. Um, You know what's going on. Are we caught up? Are you here?
0: I am here.
1: Okay, that was a lot. I (laughs) that was a lot. You did a
0: good job, though.
1: I hope. I I mean, watch. We'll probably get comments of like people like being like, "I have no clue." Like what happened? Like (laughs) I ended up texting Terry and saying like, "I have to read my chapter over again because like this thing going on in the Grisha verse is really important." I know because they're like making such a big deal about it, but I have no clue what's going on. So. Anyways, it was a lot. It was. We got it. Let's do our scene. So, curtain up.
0: One day you will overstep, and I will not be so forgiving.
1: On that day, you may clap me in irons and throw me in your dungeons, she crossed the room, took the glass from his hands and set it on the table. But tonight, it is you who wears chains. Her voice was almost kind.
0: Nikolai released a sigh. After this business of this evening, it will be a relief. He unlocked his bedchamber.
1: Servants were allowed access to clean only under Tolia and Tamar's supervision, and only once a week. He had no personal valet and attended to his own bath.
0: Though it had become his nightly prison, the room itself was a sanctuary. Maybe the only place in the palace that truly felt like it belonged to him. The walls were painted the deep blue of the sea, and the map above the mantle had been taken from the cabin he'd once occupied as Sturman, when he disguised himself as a privateer and sailed the world's oceans aboard the Valkmanie. A long glass stood propped on a tripod by the bank of the windows. He couldn't see much through it, the stars, the houses of the upper town, but even having it there gave him some sense of peace, as if he might one day put his eye to it and see the heaving soldiers of a great grey sea. Salt water in the veins one of his crewmen had told him we go mad if we're too long on shore. Nikolai would not go mad at least not from being landlocked. He had been born to be a king even if his blood told a different story and he could see his country to victory again but first he had to make it through the night. He sat down at the edge of the bed removed his boots and clamped the iron fetters around each of his ankles then lay back.
1: Zoya waited, and he was grateful for it. It was a small thing to be the one to chain himself, but it allowed him to keep control for a short time longer. Only when Nikolai had fastened the fetter to his left wrist did she approach. Ready?
0: He nodded. In these moments, her ruthlessness made it all a bit more bearable.
1: Zoya would never indulge him, never shame him with pity. She tugged on the special lock that David had rigged with a sudden clanking where three chains shot across his body at the knees, midriff, and shoulders.
0: He was strong when the beasts came upon him, and they could take no chances. He knew this, should be used to the experience of the restraint, and still all he wanted was to struggle. "'Instead, he kept his easy demeanor and offered up his right wrist to Zoya. "'And what are your plans for the evening, darling jailer heading to a secret rendezvous?'
1: "'Zoya blew out a disgruntled breath as she bent to fasten the last fetter and check the security of the locks. "'As if I have the time.
0: "'I know you go somewhere late at night, Zoya,' he prodded. "'He was curious but also eager for distraction.' You've been seen on the grounds, though no one seems to know where you go.
1: I go a lot of places, your highness, and if you keep prying into my personal life, I'll have some suggestions as to where you can go.
0: Why keep your dalliance a secret? Is he an embarrassment? Nikolai flexed his fingers, trying to even his breathing.
1: Zoya turned her head, and the lamplight caught the crescent of her cheekbone, gilding the dark waves of her hair, "'He'd never quite managed to make himself immune to her beauty, "'and he was glad his arms were chained to the bed "'or he might have been tempted to reach for her. "'Keep still,' she snapped. "'You're worse than a child given too many cakes.'
0: "'Bless her poison tongue. "'You could stay, Zoya. "'Entertain me with lively tales of your childhood. "'I find your spite very soothing.'
1: "'Why don't I ask Tolia to soothe you by reciting some poetry?'
0: There it is. So sharp. So acerbic. Better than any lullaby.
1: As the last lock clinked home, her sleeve slid back, revealing the silver cuff that circled her wrist, pieces of bone of what might have been teeth fused with the metal.
0: He had never seen her without it and wasn't even sure if it could be removed. He knew a bit about amplifiers. He had even helped Alina secure the scales of the sea whip the second of Moritzova's legendary amplifiers. But he could admit there was a whole universe he didn't know. Tell me something, Nazulinsky. David had said transgressing the boundaries of Grisha power had repercussions. But doesn't an amplifier do just that? Is Param any different?
1: Zoya brushed her fingers over the metal, her face thoughtful. I'm not sure Param is so different from Merzost. Like Merzos, the drug requires a terrible sacrifice for the power it grants, a Grisha's will, even her life. But amplifiers are something else. They're rare creatures tied to the making at the heart of the world, the source of all creation. When an amplifier gives up its life, that is the sacrifice the universe requires. The bond is forever forged with the Grisha who deals the killing blow. It's a terrible thing, but beautiful as well. Merzost is... um,
0: Abomination. I know. It's a good thing I have such a fondness for myself.
1: All Grisha feel the pull towards Merzost. The hunger to see just what we might do if we had no limits. Even you? A small smile touched Zoya's lips. Especially me. Power is protection. Before Nikolai could ask what she meant, she added, but the price for that particular kind of power is too high. When the Darkling tried to create his own amplifiers, the result was the fold. She held up her arm, the cuff glinting in the lamplight. This is enough for me.
0: The shark teeth worn by the twins, mused Nikolai. Jinya's kestrel bones. I've heard the stories behind all of them, but... You've never told me the tale of the amplifier you wear.
1: Zoya raised a brow, in the space of a breath the contemplative girl was gone and the distant general had returned. Steel is earned, your Highness, so are stories, she rose. And I believe you're stalling.
0: You found me out. He was sorry to see her leave, whatever guise she wore.
1: Good night, commander.
0: Good night, King Wretch. He would not beg Zoya to stay. It was not in his nature to plead with anyone, and that was not the pact they shared. They did not look to each other for comfort. They kept each other marching. They kept each other strong. So he would not find another excuse to get her talking again. He would not tell her he was afraid to be left alone with the thing he might become, and he would not ask her to leave the lamp burning, a child's bit of magic to ward off the dark. But he was relieved when she did it anyway.
1: End scene. End chapter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Aww. I really love that scene, um, because there was just a lot in it. And are you like? I mean, I think I've like. Are you noticing that they are really like going heavy into like bringing up like shadow and bone stuff? <laughs> like
0: yeah, we're I, we're coming back around from shadow and bone because we kind of missed out on a lot of that through the um through the crow duology so I think we're coming back into where we left off that well not really where we left off but kind of picking back up on right. it Right. and um and Nikolai loves Zoya
1: yes I mean there's a she's beautiful and he
0: loves her Ugh. he wants to date her he wants to kiss her
1: she's beautiful I love Zoya she's my favorite she is like, actually, she is the back screen of my phone. I love her. And I, she's like, I mean, I would be Zoya. And I love some of the outfits. I didn't, we have a very long episode, so I'm i am very sorry. Um, I took out some of the quotes because I didn't want to read them because I knew we were just, there's too much stuff. But, like, they described her, like, kefta at one point, and it was hot. I mean, fashion moment. <laughs> anyways that was our chapters and now it's that time for Grisha Cast News Grisha <laughs> I love it so I love all you listeners that have made it this far because if you've made it this far that means you have still listened and We're in two different places, and I'm sure we've probably had some moments where there's been some pauses. And anyways, thank you for dealing with that. Um, So that was fun. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we had a lot of news. We're going to get through it. So, um, So I need my producer to put up picture number one. We got a date, Shadow and Bone. It comes out April 23rd, 2021. Okay, amazing. Not only did we get that, but at the same time, they also started releasing these other pictures. So, please show the next picture. Okay, amazing picture. Um, it's kind of looks like a movie poster. This has got to be Mal, of course. And you can show the next picture, because, and who do we got here? This has got to be Alina. Um, I love it. Um, and then we'll keep going on. Okay, kind of cool. Darkling in, like, his mysterious kind of black stuff going on. And then the next... Ah! This is a beautiful picture. This is Jesper. Those guns are really cool to see. And next picture, I guess? Ah, who's that? It's our favorite knife tosser. It's a Nej. And next is our favorite. Terry and I love this picture. This is, of course, Kaz, where you see the cane, the leather gloves. And so these pictures all got released at, like, one time. It was... I I was at work, and I almost had a heart attack, literally. Like, (laughs) not even kidding, because the way they did this was pretty much each, like, actor, I think they had one picture and then they all released it at like the same time as they released shadow and bone coming out like on April 23rd. So like it was just this multitude of like, Oh my God, because we don't have anything. We've been waiting for this. It's amazing. Terry. Yeah.
0: It was, it was like, it was, that was crazy enough. And mm-hmm. it was like our first look at all of like the costumes, which, just amazing like um just even jesper's mouth yeah. is like exactly how i pictured him which was so crazy but like just his mouth i was like oh my god that's what i saw in my head um and then a we see her all of her like with where some of the knives are Yes. Um, secured. She said that they had fourteen knives stashed in her costume.
1: Wow! And I love that you can't see any of the faces in these posters. So yes,
0: um, it's a focus on like their costumes and their, and we know who they are based oh, exactly. on their costumes, which is amazing.
1: Yes, and it's it just it was really cool. So like I um, <laughs> I saw this on my break. Um, luckily, um, and I then immediately went back in to work and filled out, um, a requesting time off because I am not going to be working on Friday, April 23rd. So, um, been waiting for this for way too long. So I took the day off. Um, anyways, that wasn't the only news that got released that day. Um, so Terry is going to tell us about what else got released.
0: Yeah, so then at the in the same day, because that wasn't enough, then um Hello Entertainment Weekly decides to pull up pictures from the actual show. So we've got some like show stills. Yep. Um which just I I was already emotional and then it just like
1: <laughs> I know. So
0: and then there's some more <laughs>
1: Yeah, they actually gave us like so these these photos are actually from the show. Um, so you tell me when so, you want to do a picture. So do we want to put up
0: so the, a... the first oh, picture. Oh, good. It's right there. Perfect. We have Mal.
1: Yes. This... In
0: the snow with a gun drawn. That is... So is he hunting the stag at this point? I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it, it's very possible... It is. I mean, we do know that. Or it's snowing. It, it could also. They were
0: out in the winter.
1: Yeah, because the beginning of Shadow and Bone wasn't. I don't think it was winter. I can't remember if we even knew this season in the very beginning. Because I'm thinking, I like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I don't know, but it was like I know they were out on like the sand skiff. So in my brain, it's all like deserty.
1: <laughs> right. So
0: Which is probably not accurate like at all, but that's what my brain says. But if you go to the next picture,
1: oh my god. Then
0: you have Mal again, and Mm -hmm. it's obviously not winter because Oh yeah. He's got guns out because the sun's out.
1: (laughs) The guns the guns are out. It's a
0: different kind of guns that he's got out.
1: And it's cute to see like like they're really like I mean you can tell they're enjoying each other. And I love seeing this.
0: I think they have, like, even in that picture, they have really good chemistry. So I'm excited to see that, like, on screen.
1: And even just looking at the background of the people behind them, like, behind Alina, you see, like, a soldier. Like, I mean, I'm just looking at that outfit, like, how it's just, we're getting, we're seeing more story than we've had, we ever have. And it's just kind of neat to see this stuff. And... Yeah, that's got to be on that skiff, so. Um. Yes. Wow.
0: Okay, so the third picture. Sorry. <laughs> um, I freaked out. Like, I 100% freaked out at this picture because there's my girl Nina, and there's her man Matthias, and this has to be the shipwreck scene. So we are getting the shipwreck scene in The season, which is just it baffle. I'm so baffled and it makes me tongue tied and emotional because (laughs) you know how much I love Nina. Um, And I wasn't expecting this. I was not 100% not expecting this.
1: I didn't I didn't try to place these photos and I didn't notice that. But you you're absolutely right. That's got to be like, wow. Okay. Wow. Oh, cool.
0: Oh, So, <laughs> moving on. Next, we have our chickadee Inej, who mm-hmm. is looking fierce and fine. Yes, she's looks like she's got a knife in her hand. She's in some interior. Have looks like she's like, I don't know, maybe having a conversation, but she is just like intense in that picture. Yes, and her skin is just absolutely gorgeous,
1: flawless.
0: Flawless. Okay. And then the next one, we have Alina. And the article, um, actually it was Lee Bardugo who said that this is Alina on a sand skiff.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that we need to pay attention to the scarf because it's indicative of what's going to happen later. And Eric and I kind of talked about this a little bit. So there's two ways I think we can go with this. One, mm-hmm. the colors are blue and gold. And so that is kind of foreshadowing to what her order would be within Grisha. Because mm-hmm. um, she is, um, she Atheria. would be wearing blue. And she's right. the only one that gets gold because she's a sun summoner.
1: Right. But she wouldn't um, know that yet, which would be. I...
0: No. So it's funny that she's wearing the colors. <laughs> I, Yeah. And then, two, remember when she has to wear the scarf to cover up her amplifier? Yes. um, Her giant, like, antlers around her neck. She had to wear a scarf everywhere. So, I think that scarf, if that, if this is the very beginning, then that scarf is, like, a foreshadowing tool for sure.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's a, because it's, if this is the beginning, then she doesn't even know that she's a sun summoner yet. Um, no. And I know that in the first book, she goes through like a couple different Keftas and yeah. Like, I mean, the gold lining would have been specific to her. Um, cause she would have been the only one with the gold lining, I think, um, because she was a sun yeah. summoner. Um, but yeah, that's got to be it. It's got to be like nods to all those. I mean.
0: Which that kind of detail, if we have that kind of detail in the show, mm. you and I are going to have to watch each episode like 20 times to pick it apart if we're getting that kind of finite detail.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: <sighs> all right. So moving on to Mr. Ben as uh, the Darkling. Yeah. Um, can we just talk about the depth of his eyeballs in this picture? It is they, His eyes look so dark and so, like, not evil, but, like, dark. Like, as the Darkling. He, um,
1: he's perfect for it. The,
0: I, like, I guess I had something else in mind for the Darkling. But, like, seeing him mm. in the costume, I'm for it. I love the little buckles in the front that have, like, little moons on them.
1: Wait till you hear him speak. He um, does part—I think he does all the men's story in the audiobook for The Lives of Saints that just came out. And that sealed the deal for me. Um, It was just—it's amazing. So, yeah.
0: Cool. I, I have heard him speak, and he does have a really nice voice. Yeah. Um, so then the next picture, our favorite, we have some of our crows. We have Kaz, who oh. has a chin dimple and a face <laughs> dimple. Um, we have Inez, who is like just an amazing, I don't know. I, I can't even say what I want to say because that would I require know. curse words. No. Nope. Um, and then like Jesper, I can't even begin to tell you guys how much the actor Jesper looks exactly like Jesper in my brain.
1: I know. Like
0: they did such a good job with him.
1: Yeah. And I love like how you can tell she, and that's just so small, but she's so fierce. And I love that. And Kaz's face in this picture. Look
0: at the intensity on his face.
1: Yeah. And, oh my God, I just, this is amazing. So this all like, all these photos one day um, yes. would just give, a like, a Grishaverse fan like us a heart attack. I was losing my mind. Um, and people at work had, like, I mean, they just hadn't, I couldn't explain it. And I couldn't even, like, post it fast enough and try to get it to Terry and then get it to Chris. And I was just like, oh, my God. So much. We got so much info. So...
0: And it was the exact same day. Yeah. That I got a book. I got the...
1: <laughs> yeah, congratulations. And I was
0: one of the 50 that got the personalized book. So it was a huge day.
1: <laughs> yeah, that must have been amazing for you. I'm, I'm very happy. Um, so if you listened, or even if you listened to last week, I gave you preparation for it. Maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe I shouldn't have told people <laughs> about it because I tried... Every single day, Monday through Friday, it was 11 a.m. our time that it started, and I never got a book. I got I got an email, I got this, like, error message once that said, You have one book in your cart, but there is only one book remaining. Denied. That doesn't even make sense. But... It doesn't. Uh, I'm sorry. I had like yeah. I didn't get one, but I I I did I mean, you got one, so that's good. I'm I'm proud of you. You just I
0: Who else got one? I'm sure all our listeners did.
1: One of you guys owes me a book. Well, actually, no, it's not even that. What I want, I want those pre gifts. That's what I'm interested in. I can't wait for those. So I I pre ordered this book actually when it first got announced on Amazon forever ago. So I'm just going to send them that receipt. Maybe they'll yeah. send me something. You never know. So,
0: isn't it for like all pre orders? It's not just for that one. Oh, right? is it
1: not? Can I really do that? I don't know.
0: Uh, that's my understanding. Like, we, I guess we should go through and read it again. But like, I heard that it was like all pre orders. Oh, awesome. but okay. I don't know. Okay. I'm not. Y'all don't listen to me on that because I could be wrong.
1: Well, I mean, it was a busy week with news. So,
0: so busy.
1: Yeah. So, that was all the news. And, um, real quickly, a reminder, um, if you wanted to be a part of the Lee, Ber- Lee Bardugo's birthday present, um, which is April 6th, um, I have been, sending out some of those journal entry topics and um this week so yeah um if you want to all you got to do is just get in touch with us and let us know um it's 200 words max and that's it and you can pick a topic or i can pick one for you so anyways um moving on we definitely have to um before we go we've got some listener thank yous we have a new listener, and she sent a message. Her name is Rachel on Instagram, and she was, it was so sweet because she said she loves our podcast. And she, w- the only thing that was sad was that she just now discovered it. And I was just like, well, girl, you'll be fine. You just, yeah, take it as, like, I mean, you have plenty of time to catch up. Um, yeah. I mean, Thank you for loving it. That's awesome. So
0: thank you so much.
1: And who do you have?
0: So we need to give a big shout out to Aaron Davenport. Thank you so much. So, so much um, for your support. We'll, we'll put it that way. Thank you for your support, for everything that you did for us um, and are continuing to do for us. He is now a big fan. He Uh ordered all the books. He's going to start reading and following along. So um, we just wanted to give a big, big, big heartfelt shout-out. Thank you to Aaron. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Aaron. And we've got, and on Facebook, thank you to Rachel Fry and to also to Lisa Stofko. We love all of our listeners. We love it when you guys like um, reach out to us. So, I mean, it just... Thank you. Um, we just, we love what we do. We have some stuff that we're not going to tell you about that we're trying to plan. So some things are getting kind of, I don't know, got some ideas and we've got some cool stuff we're going to do. And um, also, I do want to apologize for the listeners that didn't get to see the photos that while we talked about them. But if you're curious, you can find them. So, hopefully, you all are uh, obviously your great, huge Grishaverse fans. So you probably have seen everything that we're even talking about. But go to YouTube if you haven't, and you can see them in the order that we describe them. So um, they're
0: also on our socials.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't put. Did yeah? I didn't put the. I forgot. I got to put the other ones on Instagram. So the article ones, but
0: I linked the article on Twitter.
1: Really? Okay. Yes. Awesome. Okay, so that's it, folks. And then, so we did chapters five and six this evening. So let's do seven through nine, because that's going to be, it'll equal out. Seven's a bigger chapter, and then eight and nine will add up to the same amount that was in seven. So, So seven through nine... It's going to get interesting. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, we love you guys, and I hope you guys um, loved Terry. (laughs) She's definitely, (laughs) I mean, she's hanging in there, um, this lovely paper. I didn't use all the pictures. Hey, you know, I just, I had to talk to something. Um, I mean, I'm talking to her, but I mean, anyways, we got to stop talking. (laughs) Cherry, see this is a problem when you're not here like live because like I don't stop okay, so I love you all okay outro like
0: we're at the end of the hour so my voice is a little husky A plus no No mourners mourners. no funerals.
1: this has been GrishaCast connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com send an email to info at GrishaCast.com
0: Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at GrishaCast.
1: A special thank you for the background music created by Kinder Dante and produced by Year 26.